Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. I'm your host, Alex Burkett. We have a great show for you today. Dawn Dooley, who works with Shelter Friends, is here to talk about her inspiration in the world of adoption and how to bring awareness to these pets that are in need. She talks about her journey on what made her want to get into this opportunity and the road that she took to get there. You know if you join us each week, we talk about our quick fire challenge. And I hope that you're finding that inspiration with these quotes and making a difference in your life. This week, our quick fire challenge is setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. When you're thinking about this quote, think about what goals did Dawn set to get to where she is today and how did it make an impact? Plus in your own life, what goals do you need to set to make sure that it's ready for you finding that next challenge for you we all have those goals that we want to set and that is the first step to making our dreams come true sit back and relax and enjoy dawn julie's interview about her rise to the challenge remember follow me on spotify and apple podcasts and follow me on all my social media so i can hear about your rise to the challenge Please welcome my guest at this time, Dawn Dooley. How are you doing today, Dawn? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. So what have you been doing to stay positive during this pandemic going on right now? Well, I've been helping lots and lots of animals. So how did you get started with Shelter Friends? Talk about that journey. Sure. Um, Back in 2012, one of my own cats accidentally got out of the house. Um, and she was missing. So I started going to St. Charles City Animal Control and Mid Rivers Pet Adoption Center looking for her. And I just got to know the staff at St. Charles City Animal Control and eventually I signed up to be a volunteer. And then they asked me to start a nonprofit group to raise money for the animals there. And that's how it all began. So have you built a strong partnership with the St. Charles Animal Control? They've been willing to help. They've been doing anything that they can to help with your nonprofit. Um, well, I thought we were doing very well, but then they terminated the relationship last year unexpectedly. So now I am kind of like a free agent. I've decided to expand Shelter Friends, and we are now called Shelter Friends Midwest. And we help shelters and homeless animals all over Missouri, the western part of Illinois, and some parts of Iowa. So how did you turn that negative um, situation into a positive? How did you keep your focus on the task at hand? Well, it's not hard because there are so many animals that need help everywhere. And I just realized instead of focusing on one specific shelter, I could reach out and help a lot of animals all over Missouri, which desperately needs help. Um, And like I said, uh, the Western part of Illinois and then the Southern part of Iowa, I have uh, reached out to some rescue groups up there. And so I have some connections there now 
and I just network animals from all of those areas, raise pledge money for them, foster some, transport some, anything I can do to save an animal anywhere that is in need. So we'll go into different parts of the Shelter Friends. Talk about the fostering system. How does someone get involved? Mm -hmm. What does that entail? And how can someone be able to foster an animal? Well, Shelter Friends does not have a foster program itself. We did have one beginning at um, the former shelter I worked with. Um, But if you want to foster, you can reach out to any no-kill rescue group or any of the other shelters in the area like Mid-Rivers Pet Adoption Center, St. Louis County Animal Control, Care STL, they all have foster programs and you just fill out an application online and then they come out and meet you and look at your home and decide if you would be a good fit or not. I know we you use social media a lot when it comes to talking about adoptions, what items are needed for um, the shelter friends and other adoption uh, locations. How, what has been the best way to posting on social media? Do you see a great response with people or is it just all about getting that message out? Absolutely. Facebook, Twitter, all social media. I don't even know how mm-hmm. animals were saved or adopted or rescued before that came along because it has been a complete game changer. So many people are now interested and the the sorry, the response to my posts, videos, pictures, uh, backstories is just amazing. I am blown away by the response and the amazing support and all the awesome people that support shelter friends and follow us and donate and share and care and pray it's just overwhelming at times do you usually see quick response like when you post something do you usually get the product right away or someone's able to help out that animal in within that week what's usually the response time that varies Like right now, we are at the beginning of kitten season and all the rescues and shelters are already full with kittens, unbelievably, because it's usually not until late May, early June when we start to fill up. And it's just very hard to place kittens right now with the pandemic and the shelters being closed. And a lot of the rescue groups stepped up to um, empty the shelters when the quarantine started. So I see a great need right now for placement for kittens. Um, so, and as far as the response time, that varies. Sometimes I get responses, like if I post a picture before I can even type the information, I'll have responses. It's just incredible. Um, of course, like with a pit bull or a dog, or a cat with issues that takes a lot longer. Is it just because of like with pit bulls, the breed, or is it just not many people are reacting to wanting a pit bull or a kitten? Uh, yes, pit bulls have such a bad rap. I mean, they really are great dogs, and it's just the few of them that people have turned bad 
that give them such a bad rap, plus the fact that just because their mouths are so large, if they do bite someone, it can cause more damage. But what people really don't realize is that mm -hmm. chihuahuas are the number one biters. Do you think media plays an effect with this? Like seeing movies or people's posts about certain animals play an effect on why maybe they're not getting rescued or the situations those animals have been involved in? Yes. That and just, well, it's hard to answer, but it's people's perception, which I guess comes from the media or maybe word of mouth or I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think it's just because, like I said, their mouths are so much larger than compared to a chihuahua. So if a pit bull bites you compared to a chihuahua biting you, there's going to be more damage. And I think that does get sensationalized. Talk about uh, the community aspect. We met a couple years ago when I was mm -hmm. a part of my fraternity and we put on a fight out puppies event which is just bringing awareness of adoption and we had great turnouts um, we were able to raise money for th the shelters and all that talk about your favorite parts about getting involved in the community and being able to spread the message about shelter friends and the adoption locations that you're supporting right that it is so very important and thank you for everything you did for us yes getting out into the community spreading the word about adopt don't shop um meeting people is just the best part of this job seeing their faces when they get to hold a baby kitten or a puppy or walk a dog or sit on the grass and pet a dog it's just so great and getting to listen to their stories about their past animals or their present animals i just could listen to that all day long so we're going to go back to the beginning growing up what were your motivations and inspirations we all had that what was our dream job talk about that for us oh gosh i don't know i really didn't have a dream job when i was a little kid i just love animals I don't know, my whole life, I just always wanted animals and I didn't get to have very many of them when I was a kid. So maybe this is my making up for that. <laughs> so that was like your goal is you wanted to be able to experience that and you're fine. You're getting able to do that being a part of this organization. I guess so. Yeah, I just knew uh, ever since I was an adult, I knew I wanted to help animals and I wanted to be in rescue in some way, shape or form. Um, but it was the experience of my own cat running away, which by the way, we found her one year and 16 days later, still alive. And she is back home with us and fat and happy and sassy. <laughs> so it did have a happy ending. And because of her, Shelter Friends exists now. And I've helped say probably we're getting close to like 3,000 animals now all because of her. So it's all about that positive um, moment in your life that you're able to bring that positivity to many animals across the Midwest and just keep that vision going. Absolutely. It is all because of her because she led me to the first shelter who mm -hmm. talked me into starting a nonprofit group. And here I am almost seven years later, 
and it's just the happiest thing in my life to see an animal walk out the front door of a shelter or get adopted through a no-kill rescue group rather than the alternative. Before you started working at or being part of Shelter Friends, what was your career path? I have been a court reporter since I was 19 years old, and I worked full-time at the court of St. Charles County for 34 and a half years, and I have worked there part-time uh, since August of 2014. Was that something you were wanting to do or it just kind of fell in your hands, the opportunity? That absolutely just fell into my lap. One day I was working part-time during high school, didn't know what I wanted to do after high school. And one of the ladies in the office asked me if I had ever seen the people on TV that sit in a courtroom and work that little machine. And I said, well, yeah, I've seen them on TV, but I don't know much about them. And she had gone to school, but didn't graduate. And that is how it all started. I started researching it and decided it was something I might want to try out. And the rest is history. What was a challenge about the position, being a court reporter or a clerk reporter? Um, I think in the beginning, it was very exciting to do like murder trials and death penalty cases and things like that. Um, and then I think over the years and decades, mm-hmm. it just got to be boring and I was just tired of sitting. That's all I did all my whole life was just sit. I either sat at my desk, sat in the courtroom or sat at home working on transcripts. I literally worked seven days a week and I just wanted to break out of that and do something where I was up and active and moving around and making a difference. Well, I guess court reporting is making a difference in the world because you're helping people through like forces or like, you know, with criminal cases and things like that. But making a difference with the animals is just everything to me. When did you start finding that you needed to find that new goal in your life? Was it near the end of your time during the end of your full time being with the clerk reporting or was it kind of in the mix here and there? Um, I had kind of sort of dabbled in it for a while, probably, uh, let me think. I want to say at least 14 to 15 years. So I would say maybe halfway through my career, um, I started um, volunteering at like five acres mm-hmm. and doing fundraisers for them and things like that. And then, oh, I forgot to tell you, in like 2001, I actually won a game show on TV and won quite a bit of money. And I donated a lot of that to animal rescue groups and then also used that notoriety to put on like the first ever trivia night for five acres animal shelter here in St. Charles. I remember when we met and then I think I was binge watching the show, which was <laughs> the weakest link. And yeah. I called my mom and I'm like, 
Dawn is on the show, but I didn't know what she did before working with Shelter Friends. And then I'm like watching and I was like, I know someone who's been on one of my favorite game shows. It was just amazing because it's like you see people and I know we don't really talk about that, but I'm a huge game show fan and I hosted a game show night and one of the games that we hosted was Weakest Link and it was kind of just like a dream of mine. But then it was so cool being able to see you on there and you did an amazing job on the show. Let's, oh, I will say you. that. So um, taking that money um, and working with Five Acres, was Five Acres the first opportunity to get into a, non- or a nonprofit or working with the animal shelters? Yes. And how did, what skills did you get from that that helps you now with Shelter Friends? Um, probably because of the, well, I just helped them with fundraising back then. So I would say definitely fundraising skills. For someone that's listening to this interview, that's getting into nonprofit and fundraising, what's some tips that you would give them in how to put on a great fundraising event? Oh gosh. Um, I know I'm hitting with the hard questions. Yeah. Marketing. I mean, I don't really know. I am so amazed that Shelter Friends took off so fast. And I guess it's just people's passion for animals. And I guess it's just finding the people who are passionate about your cause. And everybody just wanted to help. And the outpouring of, you know, donations and volunteers and the network on Facebook and social media just, it grew so fast. It just blew me away. I wasn't prepared for it. That's for sure. Yeah. I know with like my friends and the school I went to, animals were a huge part of their lives. And I always see people post about their dogs, their cats. And I think with the power of social media, with any of these fundraising events, getting, spreading that message, I think people are willing to do anything to help out animals. They'll go to, they'll donate, they'll support, they'll come volunteer. Talk about how you get, or how you did or you do get volunteers to come help out at any of the adoption places. I think just through your social media presence, really. Um, I mean, some people just happen to walk in the door, but I think it's really, we did a lot of video um, posts online, just of us like out walking the dogs and playing with them in the backyard and throwing Frisbees around and, you know, petting um, cats and um, holding baby kittens and you know feeding them with a bottle and I think that's really what drew people in when they saw like the fun happy aspects of volunteering so trying to hit almost that emotional connection for animal lovers yes so any future plans with shelter friends any goals that you guys are trying to set our goal every year is just to save more animals, bring more people in, raise as much money as we can, get more donations, food and toys and whatever it takes to help support 
the shelters, the no-kill rescue groups, anyone mm -hmm. anywhere that needs our help, basically transporters. I mean, even if you just have a Saturday or a Sunday and you want to take a nice drive and you want to pick up an animal and drive a leg of a transport or something like that, I mean, it doesn't have to be a full-time commitment. There's just, there are different little niches that people can fill that they probably don't even realize. What about the future for you? Anything that you're looking forward to or trying hopefully eventually do once the pandemic is over? Oh, definitely get back into hands-on work with the animals. That's what I miss the most. Get involved anyway, just seeing them. They'll just bring a smile to you, basically. Being, yes, being able to walk back into a shelter um, and just, you know, pet them, hug them, walk them, feed them, take care of them. I, I miss that a lot. So talk about um, the animals you have. Um, you talked about the kitten. Is that the only animal you have? My animals, personally? Yes. Or you had growing up, or well, you didn't have any growing up, but that you have right now. I had one uh, puppy, a dog, a, a poodle growing up, and my parents um, gave it away. That maybe that was the traumatizing event that made me want to save animals. Um, and we had a bunny rabbit. So that's all I was allowed to have as a child. Um, but I've had so many pets now as an adult, I've kind of lost track. We're, <laughs> I always say we're down to just eight cats right now as our personal pets. And they all get along. They all keep uh, calm. At times. For, for the <laughs> we just see, it's one of those things like you see videos of like cats getting along with each other or not getting along with each other. And it kind of is like, just seeing people's reaction it's like they're just that's how they i guess communicate i guess i mean i've never yeah. had a cat so i've had dogs um i'm hoping i hope i get a dog soon um yeah it's pretty much universally the same i mean they get along until you know it's like kids they'll get along 95 percent of the time and then five percent of the time somebody will just make somebody angry and they'll start hissing and swatting and then it all blows over and everybody's back to laying and cuddling with each other again. Yep. So from the conversation we had today, what are some tips, messages you would like to tell the listeners? What, what do you want them to remember about maybe adoption, um, your experience, your challenges to get to where you are today? Well, right now, the need is so great here in the state of Missouri. We just do not have a handle on this animal overpopulation problem at all. We definitely need mandatory spay and neuter laws. Uh, we need more enforcement and shutting down these awful, god-awful puppy mills, the backyard breeders. Um, just if people could spay and neuter and just get involved any way you can, like I said, fostering, volunteering, transporting, um, helping maybe a neighbor who can't afford to spay or neuter their cat and they're spitting out litter after litter every year or outside cats that need to be fixed so we can cut down on the amount of baby kittens coming into this world. Just 
you know, donating food or toys or anything. There's just so many different opportunities to help with the situation. Plus legislation, we really need much stricter legislation in the state or we're never gonna get a handle on this problem and animals are just going to keep dying for no reason. For someone who wants to get involved in helping shelter friends, how can they get how can they find you on social media or websites? Um, Facebook, where you can find us at Shelter Friends St. Charles MO. And our website is www.shelter com, which I don't think you need the hyphen anymore because now we have such a good presence online that if you just type in Shelter Friends, we're the first one that pops up. So we're pretty, we're a lot easier to find now than we were in the beginning. Well, Dawn, thank you so much for taking the time and talking about Shelter Friends and your experience. And we'll definitely be talking in the future. Thank you so much, Alex. It's great to hear from you again. And thank you for everything you did for us in the past. It was my pleasure to help out. Tune in next time to hear my next guest rise to the challenge. Remember, real life stories, real motivations to inspire all generations. Follow me on all my social medias and follow this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.